And we are live. Welcome to Spiritpreneur School. I'm Abiola Abrams, and I'm so excited that you're here for this conversation. This is going to be a juicy one, and I think that you're going to get a lot of takeaways, a lot of lessons that you can put into action for your answering your calling, for you fulfilling your purpose, for you being the business bombshell that I know that you are. This episode is sponsored by the Sacred Business Academy Become the Guru program. And that is a program, a seven week program that is launching that is going to help you to be able to step into your greatness, stop playing small, create products and a business that you can be proud of and serve you, serve and build your tribe. So you can find out more information about that at bombshellmybusiness.com. Bombshellmybusiness.com. Okay, so. Let me tell you about today's guest. Maureen Aladdin is the creative director and executive producer for 12 Media Inc. The New York LA based company is a full service production company specializing in creating broadcast, digital, and exclusive branded content, including social media consultation. In support of the tragic earthquake that devastated Haiti, one of the projects that Maureen did is that she produced the music video Better, featuring Grammy Award winner Wyclef and his sister Melky John. The song was the official sing-off of the Care for Haiti charity album. It debuted, it debuted on BT on 106 and Park and MTV.com. Maureen took the lead in landing the video on Vivo, where it reached over 1.4 million views. Now that's just a sampling of her bio. She's written for Spike Lee and done all kinds of other exciting things. But I want to hear it from the woman herself. So welcome, Maureen. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited. So Maureen, that was your official bio, uh, your government bio, as we would say in New York City. Tell <laughs> us who you are. Who is Maureen Aladdin? Well, professionally, I am a producer. My production company, which is New York and LA based, is called 1218 Media. And um, I am a content creator and also a social media strategist. So producer, content creator, and social media strategist. That's me professionally. And personally, I'm just a happy person. I am in love with life and a child of God. Beautiful. So then you are perfect for Spiritpreneur School. You are the ultimate guest teacher then. <laughs> what does the name of 1218 Media stand for? Where does the title come from? Oh, 1218 is actually my birth date. Ah, okay. December and 18 is the actual day. That's interesting because 1218, my best friend, is also the owner of a production company and her birthday is also 1218. So something about that Sagittarius really? moment in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Sag. I'm a Sag. <laughs> yeah, see, a lot of, I'm a Leo, a lot of my BFFs, so a lot of my best friends tend to be Sagittarians. So, oh, really? yes, I don't know what it is. It's like a whole Sagittarius Leo thing. <laughs> so tell me, what is, do you have like a guiding principle or a mantra, a mantra as I like to call it, or something that leads you that you feel, well, not that leads you, something that you feel is a powerful mantra that you live by? It could be a quote. 
Well, I believe that um, you're not defined by what you do. I believe that your character is expressed in how you treat yourself, how you treat others, how you love yourself, how you love others, and that you should never be defined by your accolades or your awards. You should just be someone of good character. And that's sort of what I live by, if we if you want to call that a mantra. And um, I also have a, a tagline that I have for 1218 Media, which I say, inspired by God and executed by faith. So everything that I come up with, every project, sometimes it's, it's something that I think of, and other times it flows so well, and the idea comes so easily, I feel like, this can't possibly be for me. This has to be from a higher being. And so what I do is when I have an idea, I think about it and then I execute it with as much excellence as possible and with faith that it'll do what it's supposed to do in the world when I share it. Oh, I just got goosebumps and chills. That is so beautiful. The way that you described that, that for a long time, my personal mantra was to whom much has been given, much is required. And that sounds very much in the spirit of what you just said. What is your answer to the question, Maureen Aladdin, what do you believe? I believe that we are all created with gifts, talents, and abilities. And we're supposed to share that with the world. And like I said before, you share it with excellence. And I believe that what is for you is for you. <laughs> and it might take forever to get to what's for you. It might take a route you may have never imagined, but you should pursue what makes you happy. You should pursue what you would do, even if you weren't getting paid. Although nowadays you should get paid. <laughs> If, you're, if there's something that you're passionate about, you can figure out how to at least make a quarter, at least make a dollar from something that you love. But do what you were born to do. Do what you were created to do. You were all created to do something special, and you should tap into that and live your life out loud with that gift. Yes, I'm so, I'm just right now just so enchanted by your words and I'm so, I'm blessed and honored that we are having this conversation. Do you feel that you have answered your calling and that you're living on purpose, Maureen? I do. I absolutely love what I do. I love that I can wake up and create content and produce and write and whatever pops up into my head, I'm able to, to execute that. So it's exciting. You know, I used to ride the trains in New York City. I'm in L.A. now. And I used to see people going to work in the morning. And some people, of course, are tired, naturally. But then there were other people who just looked like, oh, God, another day. You know, like, just unhappy. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't want to ever be that person. I want to be excited about what I do. And sometimes, you know, Everybody has situations, everyone has circumstances, and they can't necessarily change um, or just decide one day that they want to do something without thinking about a responsibility they may have, like family, kids. But if you don't have that responsibility and you do and you don't live on fear and you decide to get up and do what you love, then that's the best feeling ever. And, and I think that when you wake up, and do that, it's, you're blessed, period. 
period. Absolutely. Well, this series, as you know, is called Spiritpreneur School, where spirited entrepreneurs connect. And I am excited to share outstanding individuals like you doing extraordinary things on the road less traveled. What was the response of your family to you taking this uh, road less traveled? The road less traveled. I have the most amazing family. My parents are extremely supportive. They are Haitian, and one of the things they've always stressed is education, like most Caribbean parents. Yes. So, you know, they, they said, you know, get your education. So I, I have a, a bachelor's, I have a master's, but they always stress, do what you love. Uh, my father would always say, I'd rather see you pushing a hot dog cart and, make, and be your own business person than work for somebody else. So I've always been an entrepreneur at heart because of my, my parents, because of my family. And I, I just feel like, yeah, aren't you, you know, fortunate and blessed to have had that? Um, I did as well because a lot of my fellow friends who are also from immigrant backgrounds had the opposite, where their parents were like, look, I don't care what you love. <laughs> you know, you need to just bring home a law degree. And then I have like a lot of friends who are miserable you know, lawyers or wanting to, you know, or coaching clients who feel sad because they are living out someone else's dream instead of their own. Right. Yeah. Especially for Caribbeans, you know, they, the norm is to become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Yes. <laughs> so with me being a producer, you know, it, it was hard to explain what it is that I do to my family, but they saw that I was happy and that I loved it. And that was, that was okay with them. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, explain to people, let's get a little more, get our, our hands dirty a little bit more into exactly what it is you do. What is, some people may not know, what is a production company and how did you create it and why? Well, as a producer, um, in layman terms to describe it, it's like you wanna build a house on a piece of land. So as a producer, you're responsible for almost calling the shots. <laughs> or, or There's a lot of weight on you in terms of responsibility. So you have to purchase, get the money to purchase the land. <laughs> you have to find the people who are actually going to build the house and make sure you, you find people who are extremely efficient at what they do and good at what they do. Um, you have to buy the material for the house. Then you may have to bring in um, an interior decorator. So basically, it's all about bringing something together. And at the end, you have this beautiful, gorgeous house that someone can live in or you can shoot in a film. <laughs> so that's, that's it in layman terms. But being a producer, you, you basically have to bring everything together. Um, and, and I just, I love doing that. It's, just, it's very similar to event planning, but you're dealing with crew, you're dealing with equipment, you're dealing with budgets, you're dealing with um, timelines, deadlines, schedules. Um, you're de dealing with different personalities, but you're also putting together entertainment, content that is fun. And I particularly love to do content that is impactful and, and meaningful. 
Now, how you're, there's a little bit of a, a lag time. Uh, uh, so forgive me if I'm stepping on your words at the end there. There's a bit of an echo. Um, how long ago did you start your production company? And when you said, I want to begin this production company, what are the first five things you did? I started my production company two years ago. And I established it because I already had a good portfolio of work. And I have a small group of people that I work closely with who are really great at what they do. And I wanted to be able to, when reaching out to clients, say that this is my production company. This is what we can offer to you as a service. Instead of coming as just an individual producer, I came as a production company. So I have a producing partner. I have a DP. I have an editor. I have a production assistant. So I have a close group of people that I work with help help me make it happen I think that that's a really powerful way to I I encourage entrepreneurs when they are doing whatever it is that they do rather than approaching it as hey I'm a freelancer so that whatever company books you feels like you're replaceable you know a freelancer means I could swap you in and swap someone else out coming to them as your branded self as your company and saying this is the entity that I am here is what we specialize in here is what we provide exactly what you did what would you do differently today if you were launching your production company now I don't really think I would do anything different I um, created my production company after I gained more experience as a producer. I worked on a youth sports football show called Generation Next, and I was awarded the Telly Award as being part of that production team. And it was also the number one Nielsen rated show. Um, it was on CBS at the time, now it's on Fox 5 in Florida. So that was um, a great accomplishment. I also worked on a lot of digital content. So I, I, it was important for me to establish myself as a producer first um, by working on different projects, working on my own projects. And then when I felt very confident in what I do as a producer, I decided, okay, now I can definitely have my own production company. Excellent, excellent. So when you see a job, how does it work? Do you go out and pitch your ideas in addition to uh, pitching your company as a solution to produce other people's ideas? How does it work in the day-to-day? -day? Well, for me, it's important to do what I enjoy. So I will reach out to companies that I wouldn't mind creating content for. Um, and normally, I put together a one-sheet with the idea, but not giving too much of it away because you know, we live in a creative world and anyone can walk away with it. So you protect your idea by not giving all of it away, but you also need to be able to tell your client, this is what I can offer to you. And they're either going to bite or they're not. And there are plenty of companies that you can reach out to and try to get business from. So if one person says no, it doesn't mean game over. It just means new chess move. You know, it's, it's all a challenge. And it's all a game, and you have to look at it like something fun. You know, it can be frustrating, but when you learn to manage uh, your frustrations, when you learn to manage how you react to things and look at it more of a fun, challenging game, then, then you'll play. 
you know, life is about playing and enjoying your journey and not constantly feeling frustrated. You know, there is a lot of opportunity to make money because that's the number one frustration. You just have to find it. You have to go after it relentlessly and have faith in yourself and trust that what is for you is for you. Period. Yes. Yes, I love that you just said, you know, when it, you know, when things basically go left, it's like, all right, new chess move, you know, <laughs> or as I like to say, you know, all right, plot twist, <laughs> something different. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> How do you deal with the challenges of, because I am intimately familiar with some of what you do because I started out as an actress, filmmaker, host, um, TV host, and there is a large degree of rejection that is just yeah. innately built into what you're doing. And so if you don't have the attitude, as you said, of play and fun, and if you take things personally, it can be devastating how do you deal with rejection and how do you advise people to deal with rejection when they feel you know it's easy to say well that's not nothing personal but if people are literally judging you or your creation then it feels very personal rejection is part of the game it's part of the game and once you understand that and become okay with it <laughs> on the inside it won't bother you as much. It doesn't mean that you're not good. It doesn't mean that what you're offering isn't good. It just means that somebody else might appreciate it more. So your no, again, like I said, isn't, doesn't mean game over, ever. It just means that some will, some won't, so what? That's, that's a Les Brown quote that my father taught me years ago. And, and it's true, you know? Rejection should never stop you. It should push you. Obviously, okay, we're human. We're, we're going to feel like, oh, man, maybe it's not good. Maybe you do have to go back and tweak it. Maybe there is something that you have to do to really, you know, uh, mold it into perfection. But it should be your idea of perfection and not someone else's. And like I said, there will be someone who will eventually bite. You just have to keep pushing. Well said, well said. You have a question coming in and I want to encourage people who are watching this live that there is a blue Q&A button on the viewing page on the screen on the bottom right side of the screen. If you push that, you can ask your question and it'll come to us. So a question, Maureen, coming in for you is that... I don't want to butcher your name. Um, I think it's um, Stisiana wants to know about the experience of working with Wyclef John. How did that come about and how did you make that happen? Oh, I was working with independently with uh, another production company and brought in as a producer. And it was great. Wyclef is a lot of fun. I used to be a singer-songwriter back in the day. <laughs> so Oh, I, I actually know that know about Clef. you. Interesting. Yeah, I, I gave it up. <laughs> <laughs> I know Clef, and I know um, his sister, and I know Sadek, and they're great. They're a lot of fun. I always say that Clef is the best live performer ever. He can get you to take your shoe and throw it up in the air <laughs> and, and rock with it, you know, and you're kind of looking like, when did I get this shoe in my hand? 
He's awesome. I love working with him. But yeah, I worked with um, a production company called Eye On It, and they produced the um, we produced the video, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was um, a very very tight deadline getting everything together. I had to um, get robes, church robes, and I reached out to a bunch of people that I knew. I actually got the church robes from my old Catholic church that I used to attend when I, when I was younger. And um, I called a dozen or more churches in NYC to get this small little church in, um, I think, Little Italy in Manhattan. And um, they were very accommodating. This was um, winter time. Actually, it was my birthday. I was working on my birthday. Um, the day that we 12 and 10. <laughs> yeah, the better video. So it was a lot of fun. And I got a surprise birthday cake, too. So that oh, was cool. Nice. And you have a beautiful video as a result. It's a gorgeous video. Um, and it's for an important cause. A lot of your work tends to be cause-based. I know for a fact that a lot of my spiritpreneurs who are watching my business bombshells have bigger objectives like you, things that they want to make projects around because they want to promote a cause or bring attention to something. How do you recommend that they go about that? Well, when you have an idea, you should first, of course, put it down on paper and then come up with a plan, give yourself a deadline, and don't be uh, blocked by money, by revenue. Figure out a way to make it happen. There are so many people who are looking to build their portfolios. This is for content creators. Um, you can go on Craigslist and find crew. There will be people who are willing to do things to build their portfolio. And if they like you and there's some synergy there and they like your project, they'll work with you. So don't be afraid to reach out, to ask around, and make sure you find people who, one, you would like to work with first and who are talented. There are people out there who are talented and who are just looking for opportunities and figure out a way to make it happen and then put it out there. You know, with the digital space, I'm a huge advocate of social media and the digital atmosphere has completely changed how we see things, how we look at content, how we view content. And there is an opportunity for everyone to put what they come up with in their minds online. And, and you can build an audience, you can build a brand. It's just, it's in a, we're living in amazing times when it comes to content. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you said, you know, just put it after you've done that, you've done all of the, you know, the, the first part of the heavy lifting. The second part is, as you said, you said, just put it out there. Some people don't know how to do that. Explain what that means. And you can use examples from your natural hair PSA that you did and from your one egg Haiti project that we'll get into in a bit. What does that mean? How did you put, get these projects out there and bring recognition to them? Well, as a producer, one of the first things I do is first we come up with the idea with my team and we figure out a date to shoot. And then in post, we think about what outlets we're actually going to push the project to. Um, for me, whenever I cast, I'm going back to production, whenever I, or pre-production, whenever I cast someone for 
um, let's say the PSA that you mentioned, the 1A Haiti PSA, I, I reached out to a number of people in, who are big in social media. I was able to secure um, the founder of Uberfacts. Um, I was able to secure the founder and CEO of Rocket Hub, which is where the One Egg Haiti PSA is currently fundraising. And Rocket Hub recently partnered with a &E, and Brian Meese, who is the CEO, is going to be pushing the One Egg Haiti project. Because Yay. we love it so much. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to see a vignette of the One Egg Haiti project on a &E at some point this year, 2015. <laughs> um, so, you know, securing, like, like I said before, getting these people, I got two of the biggest stars on Vine, Brittany Ferlin and Josh Garnett. They have over a million some odd numbers on their Vine videos. I also got um, Natural85, who's a big YouTuber who people love. And, you know, it was important for me to get people who are huge on social media because it would bring more exposure to the project. You, you can reach out to many people and you just have to know what to say. Don't say too much in an email. Say enough. Describe the project. Say why you're interested in um, them being a part of it, why it would, it would benefit them, and that you would love to have them. And then some people are going to respond and say yes, and some people may say no. And you just keep, you have your wish list of people, your, your top 10 or 20, <laughs> and you reach out to them, and then you have your other tier of people, and then you just make it happen in terms of getting talent for a project. Um, and then as far as putting it out there, there's YouTube. That's what YouTube is. That's what the basis of YouTube was built on, you know, to put content online and for other people to see it. Um, there's also a new company that's emerging called Public Vine, which is a platform for content creators to place their content on this, this um, platform and earn money from it. By, um, it's, it's pretty new. They actually just had a soft launch but you can choose the country that you want your content to appear in and then your audience can actually support you and you can choose the amount for them to, a dollar amount for them to pay to watch your content. So it's pretty cool, it's new and there's so many exciting things that are out there for you to place um, whatever it is that you come up with, whatever video content it is that you come up with online. Excellent. You just gave a number of actionable steps that anyone could take with something that they're doing um, that you mentioned. I just want to just recap uh, contacting influencers via social media, having a wish list, reaching out to them. And then if what was the Les Brown quote? Some will, some won't. So what? Exactly. <laughs> and the other thing that's important is to have a one sheet, um, put together a one sheet. So it's basically one sheet. And um, make it visual. People love to see pictures. Choose a photo that represents your project in some way. Um, and then write your blurb about what the project is about and maybe a little bit about yourself or your company. And then and send that off as an attachment to the email for whoever it is that you're soliciting. Excellent. And I want to also just stress, bef after, you know, before you 
sent all of this, you had an excellent project to begin with, that you had something of quality that you were putting into the world. And so you weren't reaching out to influencers and asking them to be involved with something half-assed, for lack of a better way to put it, correct? Right, right. Um, I worked on, last year, a project called Comida Caliente, which I executive produced with Stephanie Vara, who I met through the music circle. Um, she came to me about her family and this cooking show. And I took a look at it and I was like, wow, I totally want to do this. The family is so much fun. They're, they have this dynamic personality. They're engaging. They're just, they're, they're just a fun family. And the mom is, she's, I mean, they're all stars, but the mom is a star. <laughs> I fell in love with Dini. And I was like, I totally want to do this project. Let's let's um, raise money for it. Um, so we went the Kickstarter route, and we raised ten thousand dollars in one month via Kickstarter. And then we flew out to Houston to shoot the eight webisode series in three days. And wow. it was great. <laughs> I mean, doing doing um, Kickstarter, it's it's never fun. <laughs> you know, you're, you're basically begging people for money, and you have to stay on it. But there, I never doubted that we wouldn't reach our goal. We actually surpassed our goal a little bit, but um, it was a lot of fun to do. You know, with Kickstarter or whatever, whichever um, crowdsourcing platform you use, you have to be on it. You have to get a team of people who are going to be team leaders who are going to reach out to other people for you, um, send text reminders, send emails emails, post the ground, Twitter, whatever platforms or account, social media accounts that you have, reach out and get people to donate. And they will. You just have to kind of stay on them. Daniela S. wants to know, uh, regarding your uh, Comida Caliente, she's asking, regarding web series, do you recommend shooting them all at once like you did or one at a time? Well, for me, uh, I was on a schedule. I was also shooting another docu-series or reality show. So I knew that when I was flying out to Houston that I would also be going to Nacogdoches, which is in Texas as well. So it was important for me to schedule it that way. Um, and the family did really great. Uh, one of the sisters, if you guys look at the, um, just go to YouTube and go to, just type in Comida Caliente and you can see the series there. Um, one of the sisters had media training. Um, Stephanie, has, she's a singer-songwriter, so she used to have an album. So she has an album. Um, she just, we just shot a, a music video for one of her songs this summer, this past summer. And she's used to being in front of the camera. And her mom, as well, um, in the past, has been on cameras. But this was um, new for them in terms of doing it in three days. But they did it. They were great. They took direction really well. And... We actually went back to Houston in February and shot another docu-series for, with the entire family, and they were just on it. Um, so the great thing about putting your projects out there, when we did, when we premiered Comida Caliente, the show was, first of all, we got Goya as a sponsor. That's awesome. The show was then um, featured on the front page of the food section of the Houston Chronicle. 
The family was also on CBS radio and featured on Fox 5 in Houston. And then the big kicker was that we were also picked up by Abrams Artists, which is Yay, one of the top. They people. were my agents for a very, very long time. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, you never know what can happen um, if you step out on faith and you do things outside of fear or um, you can do it in fear, as I've heard. And, you know, just, just go for it. And you, can, you won't be able to even imagine what could come out of it when you put yourself out there. Tell people how you did that, because that all sounds wonderful. And so someone may be watching and say, well, that sounds great that she did that, like that they imagine you have some kind of special, you know, access that perhaps they don't. How did you get the Goya sponsorship? How did you get the media? How did you get on the TV shows? Can you explain a little bit more? We, we reached out. Um, we reached out to... We have we piled a list of sponsors that we thought would fit well with what we were doing, and Goya said yes, and we went with Goya. As far as Abrams is concerned, we uh, Stephanie has a contact with Abrams, and we set up a meeting, and they liked us, and they decided to to sign us on. Um, but there's there's no rocket science to it nowadays. Companies and stars are very accessible with um, because of social media, because of emails. You can look for people's emails online. Um, you can go on Instagram and see a CEO's email online. You will be surprised. Um, people are not that far out of reach, <laughs> yes. as you may think. You know, so once you decide to go for it, a lot of um, different ideas will come to mind as to, once you start focusing on something, a lot more out of the box ideas will start coming to mind as to how you can actually get to someone you're looking to contact. Maureen, what are your Kickstarter do's and don'ts? I, I love that you are giving so much advice. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing. I feel like we're living in the most exciting time for me because of this accessibility and because you know people can have direct access. You know, like the, the access and the green lighting is just wide open for the taking. So can you explain to us what your Kickstarter do's and don'ts are? Um, your Kickstarter do so when we did the Kickstarter video, Stephanie Vara actually did the Kickstarter video and she did it in her home. Um, it was an introductory video. It was nothing special. It wasn't anything high and you don't necessarily have to do that. You just need to be sincere and genuine in what you're saying that you'd like to accomplish as far as your video is concerned. Um, secondly, uh, Kickstarter will ask you to put together a blurb of what your project is about and you have to answer a series of questions. Um, I'm very big on visual. Everybody is pretty big on visual. Find some great pictures to attach to that page that becomes your Kickstarter page and answer the questions in honesty and answer the questions in such a way that people will feel like if I donate to this project, I know that they will complete it 
and do a good job with it. You have to be able to convince people that you know what you're doing and that's why you're soliciting their money because they want to know that they're investing in something that you're going to complete. Excellent, excellent. So you mentioned earlier answering your calling and how you are living your purpose and you know that people should just go out there and just do it, just make it happen. A lot of heart-centered entrepreneurs have challenges, you know, creative people, as we know, we have a cultural meme of the starving artist and you know, these kinds of cultural ideas. How do you deal with the ideas of money and abundance and you know the challenges that a lot of creative people have around that around getting paid you know what they're worth for the work that they put into the world what you have to offer is valuable and you should be paid for your value period i i used to i think i kind of uh grew up in the times of you know being that starving artist and i don't believe in that especially with the digital world you know, that I love. <laughs> there are so many opportunities for you to actually make money. And as creatives, you tend to, and I've been guilty of this, you tend to think of your, your day becomes so full of you being creative that you neglect the business part of your creativity. You have to figure out, okay, half of my day is going to be focused on this creative project. The second half of my day is going to be focused on how can I bring money to this creative project or how can I use what I'm good at as a creative to actually make money. So let's say the creative project is something that has a deferred payment for yourself. So it won't necessarily bring you money at this time. But so push it to, side, to the side, work on it a little bit, allot yourself a few hours, but then Focus on the creative business side. How can you actually bring in money as a creative? If you're a producer, look for um, any postings online. Look for any jobs that are looking for producers. You can go to so many sites. There's Craigslist. There's Mandy. There's StaffMeUp.com. There are so many sites out there um, that you can look for jobs and ask around people are always looking for content uh, you just have to sort of think outside of the box and find a way to make your creativity make money people do workshops you know you can do a small workshop and charge twenty dollars just figure out a way to bring in some amount of money like maybe your goal for the week is just a hundred dollars but but focus on bringing in that hundred and then you'll begin to increase it as you see that, okay, when I break it down, it's a little bit easier for me to figure out how to bring it. I'm going to bring in 100 from here, and I'll bring in 300 from here, and there's my $400 goal. Boom. You know, so you just have to, you have to be able to force yourself as a creative to allow your talent to bring in money. It's possible. It is possible, and you are such an incredibly positive person how do you when do you ever feel afraid or depressed or anxious or overwhelmed and if so what do you do in these instances to bring yourself back to center to love yourself back to center i have a lot of faith in god so if i ever have i don't believe in doing things in fear i think that life is too short and if if i'm afraid of doing something i force myself to do it 
if, if I have that thought of, oh no, I'm afraid to post this video, what are people gonna think? I'll do it anyway, because it doesn't matter. You know, you know, you only have, like, some people will like it, some people won't, so what? It doesn't matter, as long as you like it. You know, it will pe everyone is always going to have an opinion, and you only have one life to live, so why not live it out loud? Why not do what you fear? Why not do what you fear and see what happens? See what could possibly happen. Um, I think that when I have anxiety or I feel a tinge of fear about something, I just try to focus in on God and trust him and say, all right, I know you wouldn't put me through this without getting me out of it or bringing me through it in some kind of way. So I'm going to trust you and just be calm. I always learn to bring myself to a place where I'm at peace. And I'm calm. Like if something doesn't work out the way I expected to, I just I, I just try to get calm about it and say that it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. And I, I remind myself that, you know, it worked out before, so if I'm feeling a little crazy right now, let me just get calm again, because it's gonna work out. And that's it. And once you once you start getting into that mode, you start navigating through life a little bit differently. You know, you're like, oh okay, that's a little challenge. All right, I'm good. I know it's going to work out in some way. I'll figure it out, and then God will do the rest. I always say, do your part. Just allow. Amen. Amen to that. Do your best and let God do the rest. So I wanted to just, um, before we close, I wanted to ask you, Maureen, how did you fall so in love with yourself? It's clear that you are beautifully, positively in love with yourself. My last book was named The Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love, which is a self-love handbook. How did you fall in love with you? I think I've just been blessed to have been born into the family that I have. My parents are, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. You know, when I went to college, I remember hearing a, a friend talking about her father. And she was talking about her father like, it, it, was, it wasn't very nice. And I thought to myself, wow, I thought everybody had a father like mine. And I'm in college at this point. <laughs> so I was a little innocent there. But I thought to myself, I thought everybody's dad was like my dad. I thought everybody's mom was like my mom. And when I realized that that wasn't the case, that's when I was like, man, I'm, I'm really lucky. I'm very blessed. So I'm blessed to have this natural love inside of me for God. And I'm blessed to have this amazing family who supports me and loves me and just wants to see me healthy and happy. So that's, that's part of me falling in love with me and being okay with what I see in the mirror. Like, I totally think Halle Berry is, like, the most gorgeous woman ever. <laughs> but yes. I always say to myself when I looked in the mirror that, you know, I'll never have her hair. I'll never have her eyes. I'll never have her shape. I'll never have her nose. I'll always have what I have. And I was born this way for a reason, and I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm happy with it. So that's, that's part of me loving me and feeling like, I'm happy with who I am. And I just try to grow and be the best me that I can be every day. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, my next book is called The Sacred Bombshell uh, Business Bible for Spiritpreneurs. And I define a sacred bombshell, Maureen, as a woman who loves, honors, and cherishes herself in mind, body, and spirit. You answered this a little bit just now, but if you could just elaborate and tell us what makes... Oh, no, 
a sacred bombshell. Oh no, we're a little bit frozen. Oh, you're back. Oh good, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying if you could just, I said that a sacred bombshell is a woman who loves, honors, and cherishes herself in mind, body, and spirit. And so given that definition, what makes you a sacred bombshell? Mind, body, and spirit. So body, I am an avid runner. I love to run. Thank God I can wake up and like go running. And I just started taking kickboxing. I love exercising. I think it's just um, for, for a creative person, for an entrepreneur, you need to be fit in your body and your mind. And exercising just helps. And I, I just love it. I have no problem doing it. As far as mind is concerned, okay, so I'm on a mission. Okay, what's <laughs> to, the mission? <laughs> I'm on a mission to complete... The Bible, I'm always, I'm always saying to myself that I want to read it because I, I feel like, you know, it's the, it's the basic principles for life and there's so much knowledge in it. And I, I've always said that I wanted to complete it before I leave this earth. <laughs> awesome. But, um, so I'm on a mission to like, to complete that. So that's my, um, my mind. And I also do a lot of reading. I also study what other people are doing. I'm, I'm being mentored by Dr. Holly Carter, who is the executive producer of three shows on Oxygen right now. She is, wow. she is um, the EP of the Preachers franchise, Preachers of LA, Detroit, and Atlanta coming out, and also Fix My Choir. She manages Michelle Williams, who, who I had a little quick appearance in her music video, Believe in Me. Okay, so we'll look for you in that. Yeah, she just came out with because of Dr. Carter. And um, she's a successful executive producer and founder of Releve Entertainment and leader of executive of the Merge Summit, founder of the Merge Summit, um, which merges faith and entertainment. They're heading out to Baltimore um, as their Merge Summit first stop this year. And we just had an event yesterday for a, a smaller division of the Merge Summit called the Merge U, where people in the entertainment had an opportunity to do a speed networking with um, executives from the business, oh, like Austin Bieber's BET. Yeah, so it was. It's pretty. It's, it's a pretty cool event that was happening. So I, I study people who do well in my business, and I study people who are successful and who love what they do. So that's mind, body, and, and soul is just being at peace and loving life. Um, I have never been a, a person who loves flowers. <laughs> I've never been that girl. My mom, she loves flowers, and ever since I moved out to California, um, every flower that I see, is, I think there's so many beautiful flowers out here. And that's, you know, that's part of the soul in terms of waking up and loving nature, loving life and, and being happy with and at peace with who you are and not necessarily having a mansion, a million dollars and material things, but loving the fact that you're at peace and you have joy and happiness within you. So for me, that sounded a little bit all over the place, but <laughs> that, no, it that's didn't my at all. body and soul. 
So it didn't sound all over the place at all. It was beautiful. And Mark to Mark, a question from Marvin S. He wants to know: Is this live? Yes, it is. Hey, Marvin. <laughs> hey, Marvin. <laughs> Tell us how people can support your work and how they can maybe become involved with that conference that you talked about. That is a merge of faith and entertainment and you know tell yeah. us that first and then how people can support you and your work and everything you have going oh okay. we didn't even talk so, about your one egg your one egg uh, initiative so you can talk about that so as well. cool. i'll try to get to it really quickly because i know we're running over in time so i produced the, the psa one egg haiti um and it, the project provides or the 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 organization provides an egg a day to children in haiti as a source of protein and sustenance. These children go to school sometimes with absolutely nothing to eat. Um, and so I created, I was brought in to do the PSA to bring more exposure to the project. And it's currently um, crowdfunding on Rocket Hub. So if you just Google One Egg Haiti PSA or go to bit.ly, so that's bit.ly, backslash one egg Haiti, you will find out all the information about the project and please support because we're raising a small amount. It's $150,000. That really is a small amount compared to, you know, big projects and big companies. Um, so whatever you can donate, we do appreciate it. I'm also working on um, the docu-series that I mentioned. It's, it's already completed, but we're pitching. We're in the process of pitching it, so I can't talk about it. But look out for something that's going to be huge in, for black women in media. Um, and then Casa Devara is the reality show for the Comida Caliente cooking show. So this is the family. Oh, yeah. And they're called Casa. Yeah, they're called Casa Devara. So we are putting together the sizzle for that. And... There are people expecting it. <laughs> so sizzle is sizzle real. Remember, everyone's not in entertainment who's watching. And you mentioned oh, post yeah, before going into real. post. Post is post production. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions, please, please feel free to email me. I'd love to hear from you guys. Anyone listening? My email address is twelve t w e l v e one eight media at gmail.com. and you can find me on Instagram. At twelve eighteen media, same same thing. Spell out the word twelve one eight, and then media M E D I A, um, and then Google me. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you open to people approaching you with projects and pitches that they may have? People may watch this and be like, "Oh, I would love to collaborate." You know, pitch this to her or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always open to um, working with people. If I, I, I do my best as a creative not to put too much on my plate because it can become overwhelming. At the time that I was deciding that producing is what I wanted to do because I fell into producing. Um, I was first a singer-songwriter and then I started doing an independent version of, I don't know if you remember AOL sessions. I did an indie <laughs> version of it called M Spot. So M for my name and Spot because we put artists on the spot and they perform three to four of their songs. And then they'd have to do an impromptu song and prove that they could, you know, come up with a song on the spot. So that's, that was the M Spot. And when I was doing that show, I was like, oh, this is what producing is. This is 
cool. I think I can do this because I read the definition of a producer, but I really didn't get it. <laughs> so I'm a visual person. It wasn't until I started doing it that I was like, oh, okay, I get, I get what producing is. And I started, you know, studying production and the different um, equipment and the crew that helps to bring a production together. So I really studied my craft. That's that's important. Whatever you do, make sure that you get you dig into it and know know what you're doing, know what you're talking about, you know. And and whatever you do, do it with excellence. Do it as best as you can. Excellent, excellent. Oh, Marvin S has one more question. Marvin, this is actually a question I think better suited. He wants to know any advice for a practitioner of energy healing, EFT, Reiki, etc. Marvin, um, we're coming to a close, but we have someone who's coming up in a, either next week or the week after. We're Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Her name is Kathleen. I can't remember her last name. She's on the, the Bravo show, Blood, Sweat, and Heals. She is a breathing, a breath work practitioner and she'd be a great person for you to ask about that so please tune in for that and Maureen we are excited about your upcoming projects thank you so much for taking the time for this is there any other you've given so much wisdom already anything else for people who are aspiring to make an impact in media and in entertainment Pursue what you love and don't give up. Do it in fear. That's a quote from Dr. Carter. <laughs> and don't worry about being frustrated. Jump over those challenges. It's all a part of the game. And once you learn how to play the game, you can win. Yes, yes, you can win period and you are clearly winning thank you everyone for watching i urge you to go to bombshellmybusiness.com and sign up for my spiritpreneur success strategy a four-part course four-part free video course that i created to celebrate the launch of my become the guru boot camp where we can put a lot of the things that we spoke with maureen about into action for making it you know making your own business or whatever you are doing shine in the world and you can shine and be a shine sister with ms maureen aladdin so right, and i don't and i I don't do it all on my own. I have to say, I have some pretty amazing people around me. Shara Dade, Stephanie Vara, Cindy Midwin, Rob Marat, who is going to be on Bones on Thursday. It's a two-hour-long episode, so make sure you guys check it out. Um, Dr. Carter and my very, very first mentor, Cherie Palmer, who has, who's the founder of Cambridge Center for the Gifted Child in Queens. She was the per first person to employ me. She's been a mentor for a huge portion of my life and I appreciate her. She's an amazing, successful woman. So again, do what you love guys and don't be afraid of failing because that's part of the process and love your journey. Don't look at anybody else's journey, love your route and, and, and allow yourself to fall and then allow yourself to win too.
Yay. Yay. Thank you so much for adding that at the end, the importance of not going it alone. A lot of people who are watching are solopreneurs and they feel like, okay, well, I've got to just figure this all out by myself. But you stress the importance not only of mentorship, but of having peers, you know, and colleagues that are with you on your journey. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher. And I will see you next time. Namaste. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Yay.